Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 217, episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, December... Nope. Yeah, it's Wednesday, <laughs> December 22nd, 2021. I'm not even... I don't know what national, international day we are recognizing... It's a real mess today, folks. It's also the last recording of a full episode of 2021. We did it. Uh, Ending with a really good headspace. Yes. Firing on all cylinders. You want to go out on top, Jody, uh, guest co-host who I haven't introduced yet. (laughs) Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Welcome to the Zeit. Please drink rosé out of my skull till I feel all right. That is courtesy of Lex Lugie, reference to Stone Fruit, the song we went out on yesterday, in which the best verse is about somebody being cannibalized by a woman and having their bones turned into a bed and uh, rosé sipped out of their skull. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Uh, well, I'm thrilled to be joined today by a two-headed guest co-host you know, monster. Uh, we're going to start out with a uh, special guest co-host who hosts the podcast This Day in Esoteric Political History for Radiotopia. Executive produced Adam McKay's podcast Death at the Wing mm-hmm. about tragedy and basketball in the 80s. Uh, you may have heard him hosting 30 for 30 for ESPN, the 538 Politics podcast in the past. But right now he is here. It is Jody Avernon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You want to do it again with Avergan? Nope. Okay. Avergan. Fair enough. I'm going to do it that way. It's Jody Avergan. <laughs> What's up, Jody? Hey, thank you for uh, having me on on the last episode of the year. Wow. Yeah. I true. I'm true surprised honor. of all the of all the ways you could have stumbled in saying the date. It's actually the year that I'm surprised you got right, just because I feel like so many people feel like 2020 and 2021 just went into this big blob of feeling like yeah, one big year. Yeah, just a blend. Yeah. Just a blender. Well, we are also thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a legendary actor, writer. You've heard on Comedy Bang Bang, one of my favorite podcasts, The Flagrant Ones. Uh, you can currently see him on the NBC Comedy Grand Crew. Please welcome the brilliant, the talented, Carl Tart! You want to do that up? again with Tate? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, my God. They done finally gave me the keys, y'all. It's been Uh-oh. this many years. They done finally gave me the keys. They gave me half a key. They took yeah. me, they, they gave me half a key, but I'm going to flip it and turn it into a brick. Okay? Yes. They, they, <laughs> they finally... Got, it's been so many years. It's been like five years since I've been yeah. trying to take Miles' spot. And I yes. have finally done it. This is crazy. This is nuts. Yeah. This is insane. They only gave me half. Again, it's, we are sharing the duties today of co-hosts. It's like well, when you take your driver's test and the person next to you just still has a break just in case. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, they give me, because they, they, they know what I'm liable to do. I'm yeah. liable to run this thing into a telephone pole. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. They, uh, all right, Justin, let's go back and edit all that out. Uh, we're good. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's great to have you both. Carl, wonderful to have you. You have been, you know, just subtly seeding that you would be a better co-host than Miles for, for a long time. And, you know, we're long finally, finally giving, giving it a shot. I'm fine. I, I got my sides. I got my yeah, head yeah. shot. I'm standing outside <laughs> of Jack's house ready to audition. Yeah, what is, what is subtly seeding it like? him saying you know i would be a better co-host than miles uh, yeah like there are sung you know audiograms there Mm -hmm. are um you know just he'll point out every time miles like flubs a word or like flubs the guest's name which is you know on my twitter forgivable as far as i'm concerned on my twitter Uh, burner i'm always the one that has something to say negative about the show that's right uh they don't know that it's me but i'm admitting that it's me now because i finally made it here they finally gave me half a key yeah, yeah. The hats that will be worn during this now, way better quality. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> you can see you can see back here, right here. Yeah. Way better quality. You know, I, I think this is gonna be great. I'm so happy to be here. For just shout out to the OG listeners, to the people, to the day ones who remember, yeah. who remember me from back in the day. I know it's probably yeah. a lot of new listeners, but shout out to the OGs who've man. been putting up with so many subpar shows with Miles as host just to get to this moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to get here. When well, they started doing this podcast in 1984. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, you were one of our first guests. I had a long a, Jerry uh, curl. Zero year old, I believe. <laughs> yeah, as a zero year old, I was not born. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you were uh, among the first guests on the on the show back a uh, long time ago. Back one of the, the original Culture Kings. And yeah, congrats on uh, Grand Crew, man. The, Thanks, man. Thank you yeah. so much. And congrats on Flagrant Ones continuing to be a great podcast. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that felt that it feels good to still be doing that with those guys. Our universe got shout shout out to Vulture. We got it shouted out in the uh, 2021 Top Comedy Podcast of the Year. So that's pretty sick. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty fucking sick. Pretty sick, mate. Yeah, and then we had just due to the general state of things, uh, we had a guest who had to scratch last minute because their live show was like, is it's a mess out there. But yeah, basically COVID-related issues, uh, the best excuse that we've ever had for somebody to scratch last minute. I'll just say that. Yeah. You've not, you've never had anyone scratch because of COVID-related issues thus far? You do the show every single day. I don't think day. we have. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. No, we just make them power through. Yeah. We're, yeah. We'll usually just... This is the regenerative house in a, yeah. Yeah, in a hazmat suit and uh, put a mic in front of their face. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get to know both of you guys, all of us, a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. There's this uh, Biden administration statement that has kind of gone viral, especially on the right, for its uh, open frustration with, uh, you know, the wording is pretty straightforward. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Jake Paul because I fuck this guy. (laughs) Just the worst. And we'll we'll also ask the question, what what the fuck is Masterclass? Uh, I I was surprised to see it's valued at like billions of dollars, $2.75 billion. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I don't know. I guess I've heard from people who've done a master class, but I've never heard from someone who's like, this is good and worth the money. So we'll look at all of that plenty more. But first, Jody, I think we're going to go with you. What What is something from your search history? I was spent more of the morning than I probably care to admit searching the Nets starting lineup. Uh, that was my most recent uh, search history, which the Nets have now, I guess, canceled some games. But, you know, I'm, I have a fantasy basketball team. I have a that is currently being decimated by COVID. I follow the league. And, you know, the Brooklyn Nets have had, Carl, you might know better than I do, but it's something like 11 players in COVID protocol or something, oh, yeah. including famously Kyrie Irving, who went into yeah. COVID protocol like 20 hours the, after he got called back to play. The day he got um, activated. Yeah, the day he got activated. But, you know, just I, I Googled net starting lineup and then immediately started Googling the names of those people because I'd never heard of them before. And they are now starters in the National Basketball Association, people like Kessler Edwards and David Duke Jr. And then it's gotten to the point where David Duke Jr. Jr. Oh yeah, you don't you know, know, you know sure. uh, legendary racist David Duke has a son. <laughs> has a son who's just balling. Um, <laughs> there are yeah. players on the Nets who are in COVID protocol who I've never heard of. Like it's gotten right. to that point where guys have gotten called up and gotten COVID. DeAndre <laughs> Bembry is is not just playing for the Nets, but has been put on COVID protocol, and it's it's remarkable. And I'm just curious, you know what. The two of you, I know you follow the league. Are they just going to keep finding people, pulling them out of a hat to throw them out there until they get COVID? Or what's what's going to happen here? I hope they keep doing it until I go. Honestly, how what are you? 238th in line? You, you know? know how they you know how they have like for president, how mm-hmm. it goes all the way down to yeah, where like, chain of, yeah, yeah, the yeah. chain of command. Yeah. That's like, I feel like if. An NBA player is the president. Like, let's mm-hmm. say my favorite team is the LA Clippers. So let's say Paul George is the president. I'm probably like the postmaster of a small county in mm-hmm. Iowa. Yeah, the intern. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so it'll take me a while to get there. But you're yeah. in that, you're in the, the chain of command somewhere. T- yeah, by the time I get there, let's just say uh, it's going to be bad. The, the <laughs> right. NBA is going to be bad and people are not going to be trying to watch it. Right. I feel like we're entering the replacements territory, which is yeah. a movie I haven't seen, but that I'm aware of where they were just like pulling like after the strike, the the owners uh, in the NFL were just like pulling people off the off the street to to join and play football. I feel like we're we're getting there. I mean, there's still like these are still people who if 
I played basketball with them, oh. I would suspect that they were like warlocks or, you know, so yeah. some manner of like mutant. They, they're so good at basketball. One of the guys who just got picked up by the Bulls was uh, played for Georgetown for a while. And I was familiar with him and he was fucking awesome <laughs> Like yeah. when he played for Georgetown. And he's, you know, four, four levels deep. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. So the NHL canceled games until after Christmas. Like, I mean, it Jody, does... you were speculating. It, it feels like the NBA is pushing through Christmas because they got a yeah. I mean, that's Christmas the bad, Day right? Games. That's all those Christmas Day games are the highest profile games, the marquee teams. Now, granted, there may not be any players that anyone recognizes at those games, but yeah. it does seem really naked, nakedly transparent to me that the league is trying to just get to Christmas, where the probably smart thing to do would be to take a pause, especially since. I'm a little out over my skis here, but, you know, it does seem like this is moving so fast that there might be a scenario in which, you know, a two, three week pause really actually does sort of do some good because this this is just moving so, so quickly. And the yeah. NHL seems to have made that decision. But the league, I think I don't, I don't see any other way to to view this as other than we got to get to these Christmas these, these to these Christmas games and, you know, whatever happens, happens. I wonder who are they consulting with on this, like epidemiologists and stuff like that. I think what do you think? Well, here's let let me ask you guys your concern. Are you concerned with the safety of the players or are you concerned with the fact that they're doing this just to save, to to make money? Right. Because here's if we're speaking, honestly, I'm going off of uh, I'm not I'm no I'm no epidemiologist, but I follow my boy Scott Gottlieb like he's a a big booty Instagram model. And I listen to everything he said. I listen to. (laughs) he's the guy that I trust the most because everything that he has said, everything he's predicted over the past couple of years has come true every mm-hmm. single time. So yeah. technically, this strain that we're going through right now, this surge that we're going through is a super, super contagious one, but it's a very mild and toned down one. Right. So mild, guess what, y'all? I got it right now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Are you I was going to ask. I yeah. meant to ask at the top. Anyone have it? You have it. There you go. I do. But wow. and, and, and and I had I had Delta. So that's why I didn't get sick. And also, well, I, I got a little I had like a stuffy nose like like eight days ago, really. And I kept right. testing. I kept testing uh, negative, constantly testing negative. And I took a test like yesterday just to, before I went to a, a, a Clipper game. And it was a PCR test. Uh-huh. And I took a rapid. The rapid came back negative. Got the PCR results later. It was positive. Yeah, I, so, I just want to commend you for saving this information for 13 minutes into the podcast. I know, just damn. sitting on it. That's remarkable. <laughs> I mean, because I'm like, I don't want to make anybody yeah. panic, no, no, even no. though we're all on. But, <laughs> but and, and I, we are all in the same <laughs> room right now. We, we are all we all coughing each other's mouth. <laughs> we're all uh, doing this doing the spaghetti thing. Yeah, and right. uh, so I didn't want to. <laughs> lady in the tramp spaghetti, yeah, three way uh, lady in the tramping. You know, a usual just, uh, yeah. Tuesday morning. Yeah. When one person's talking, the other two are doing a lady in the tramp two way yes. spaghetti thing. Yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, it's like, it's like, I mean, yeah, like, and Scott Gottlieb said, he's like, this isn't going to be a, a crazy one. Like, it really is going to be more like we're, we're getting into that level where it's kind of becoming into the, the flu, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if the, if the league articulates that, yeah. sure. But right now, and I think everyone is in this sort of situation because, you know, but where you have these just bare, barely a semblance of protocols built for basically Delta. And now we have this new thing coming along and you're trying to sort of implement any systems that you may have to something mm-hmm. that is that is different, as you're as you're saying. And, you know, I don't know how I would feel if Adam Silver came out and, and, and would be like, listen, folks, I'm Adam Silver. I follow Scott Gottlieb as if he were a big booty Instagram model. Mm-hmm. And he has told me that this is no worse than the flu and we're just going to let this run through our players and we're just going to get past it. But if the league said that, you know, it's like, at least it's an ethos or something. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But um, right now it's just like middle ground, muddled, trying to use some protocols on something that's moving so fast. And so yeah. I just feel like, especially for a league, which has been, I think, really commendable for how they've responded. Yeah. It's just been weird for them to just, it's weird. It is just weird. sit back I would say. and let it do its thing. Because, yeah. I mean, when you got player, when you got like the Chicago Bulls who had like nine players that one day. First of all, my fantasy team is wrecked. Oh, same mm. here. Unreal. Yeah. I don't even like playing fantasy basketball so much, but my fantasy basketball team is wrecked. And my fantasy football team is going through a little bit of an issue too right now. Which, and I'm like, I'm about to go in the playoffs as a one well, seed. And the, man, and the coach has COVID. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I mean, I, I did like a, I did like Sean Payton. I, I I let my assistant coach take over this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I find out. I feel like we're finding out in real time, like the severity stuff. Like that was, you know, yeah, uh, just on this show, which does have you know our, our listenership is so large that it kind of shifts entire uh, populations. We've been like. You know, at first I was just paying attention to the like South African numbers and it did seem to indicate that like it swept through the whole population at like peaked and then came down without a huge spike in hospitalizations. And so for that reason, I was like, you know, being optimistic about like severity. But then you start hearing from people being like, yeah, but COVID's like so unpredictable and also like it just is. It totally depends on whether people have been vaccinated or not. Well, so, and yeah. it's that it's that classic thing where if you look at it at an individual level for many people, especially if you've been vaccinated and boosted, it mm-hmm. means one thing. But if you look at it as a system wide level where, you know, our healthcare system is already taxed. And so if you look at the denominator of the number of people who are getting, you know, what may be a milder version of the, of covid even a slightest uptick in hospitalizations puts just an I mean, impossible strain on the yeah. healthcare system. And, you know, the NBA is connected to the rest of the world. People go to arenas and walk out of those arenas and interact with people who are unvaccinated. And so at some basic level, I think we still have to realize that we are connected um, yeah. and that yeah. somewhere I got it from Justin Winslow last night. Right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You and Justice Winslow, which the the pictures of you guys doing the uh, Lady and the Tramp thing were. It's, it is adorable. It, it was Beautiful. cute. Yeah, it was cute. Is How's Justice Winslow playing, by the way? <laughs> Not good, Brother Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. He reminds me. Not, not that uh, I have any experience with this sort of thing as a Sixers fan, but one of those guys who comes in the league and everyone's like, amazing athlete, like so good at like defense and all these things. And he'll figure out how to shoot and. Sometimes that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So, sorry, let me ask you one. I know we need to move on, but one quick question. If you are one of these players who gets caught up in the middle two weeks of December 2021 mm-hmm. and you play in the league because nine dudes got COVID, yeah. 10 years from now, do you get to just tell someone I played in the NBA? Oh, yeah, it's a great full stop. All 40 story. of my kids will know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then they'll say why, and you just sort of m- mumble and walk out of the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that jersey, frame it, put it on the wall. <laughs> yeah. All right, Carl, I think we're going to you for overrated. What's something you think is overrated? Overrated. Let me tell you what is overrated. The virtual check system on your banking app. The virtual deposit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Now, I, I know that everybody, if you if you only get one check every two weeks, it sounds like I'm flexing, but I'm not. If you if you only get one check every two weeks, that system might be super convenient for you. If the lighting is right and you got it on a specific type of table and you got to do this and you got to do that. See me, I'm an actor and we get a bunch of $38 residual checks, probably like oh, 20. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so depositing 20 checks all worth less than 50 bucks mm-hmm. is sometimes much less than 50 bucks. Sometimes <laughs> so much less they're worth no bucks. But you don't have to deposit those, of course. But if like that app, when it doesn't catch right, when the flash don't flash right, when mm. the when the when the number at the bottom ain't numbering, that machine yeah. does not work, and it's overrated. What's I'd the smallest residual walk? check you've ever gotten? Zero point zero dollars. They send you a check. They, they still send have to you cut a, they you a physical a check. check. They worth send me less a than paper the paper it's printed on. What, worth less than the zero point zero. Dollars. What? What was 0. that? Zero point zero. Like no, no penny. Not no even penny, a penny. Not even a penny. I've gotten checks for two cents. Uh-huh. I've gotten checks for five cents, thirty-seven cents. Right. Like, it's op- opening up residual checks is like, especially when like, so I get all my mail like at my mom's mailbox spot because we just have had the same address forever. I don't live with my mom, ladies. But uh, <laughs> I we still. Share but you'll meet her when we go pick up my checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll meet her when we go pick up <laughs> my big stuff. But I'll ha- I won't go over there for like, uh, let's say I don't go over there for like a month or two months, even sometimes. And I'll have like a stack of like twenty five envelopes from mm-hmm. SAG, and it's like it's like playing scratch off lottery ticket. Yeah, honestly, right, right. Because you never know what you're gonna open up. You might right. open up one from a job that you forgot you did. Ooh, I right. did a two line bid on late night with James Corden four years ago. Here's ninety eight dollars. That's cool. Right. 
Is that is that like just based on the chaos of like okay suddenly this has like five million views on YouTube or is it like they're they're selling the rights to something or you know what uh, I got some checks when they when they sold when Comedy Bang Bang sold the rights to HBO Max I got a couple really good checks from being on the Comedy Bang Bang show nice. and I was very surprised by that because yeah. that job doesn't really pay that. But well. do you ever try and like <laughs> write the story backwards and be like man I'm, you know a bunch of people must have watched this random thing for some random reason over the last Gosh. month or is it usually oh, because of some uh, trans. Let me check my star meter on IMDb because right. it must be going up because I'm getting bread. <laughs> I, got, I got $7 from Girl Meets World. <laughs> I'm, breaded, um, I'm breaded like a chicken strip. <laughs> I, but the first time you did that remote check thing, did it not feel like magic? Because I remember being yes. pretty blown away by that. I, I was blown away by it. And then I deposited a couple of checks and then a couple of them like bounced back to me yeah. later because the lighting was off in the in the deposit thing and stuff like that. And so that's what's so frustrating is you have to like check back on it to make sure keep that it. they like got it. And sometimes they're just like, oh, yeah, that didn't that didn't take. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's very frustrating. One of the first stories I ever did at ABC News was being like. Guys, these camera phones, having cameras on our phones are going to be it's going to be a big deal. It's going to change how we live. Yeah. So all of this shit feels like magic to me because I'm old as fuck. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, talk about something that's underrated and get into some news. And we're back. And what what do we think is something that's underrated? I don't think we determined who's going to give us the underrated, but you got one. I'll give you no, one. Carl, go. Yeah. Crock pots. <laughs> crock pots. Crock pots. You can cook anything in crock pots, man. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you can't like fried stuff. You want fried stuff, but any type of soups and dips and things like that, you literally and you don't have to stir it before you cook it. You just put all yeah. the ingredients in there, and then when it's done, you give it a stir and it's ready to go. No, yeah. okay, so so quick quick rankings here, right? We have crock pots, we have instapots, the pressure yes. cooker thing, and we have Dutch ovens. Mm-hmm. Where, where you still you ride with the, the, the crock pot? I will. I'll put the I'll put the crock pot on top of the instapot, and I'll put the Dutch oven last. Although the Dutch oven Dutch oven is classic, you know, classic, and it's also really cool when you do like when you heat it by putting it. it it's a little bit more taxing sometimes with a Dutch oven. I mean, you can't put enough, but like I've seen people. In my family, we used to have a real old cast iron one that was mm-hmm. probably from like the 1800s or something that you would have to put like coals around it and coals on top of it. But it would you could bake cakes in that thing, right? It's just it's just a lot more taxing. I think the the crock pot is just first of all, it's very easy to clean. That nonstick right. bowl that you pull out of there and just rinse off a little bit after you make your rotel. You know, I'm gonna. I'm going to go ahead and say that just the nonstick technology that kitchens are coming with these days, like with the, um, what's that? The Vitamix blender. Yeah. Have you, have mm-hmm. you guys ever used one of those? Like that shit just slides off. You slides just like right tip off. it over and everything slides off. That's, that's how I clean the Vitamix blender. There's like all sorts of pots that have just, they're so much easier to clean. Yeah. We if don't want to rinse. We don't want to think too much about the, the reason they're so <laughs> nonsticky. Yeah. I'm assuming it's not giving me cancer. Yeah. Nah, uh, that's giving you a little flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cancer so good, make you want to slap your mama. Um, are all the things that you mentioned, crockpots, instapots, Dutch ovens, are they all things that you just plug in and yep. then? Well, the it? Dutch oven, you have to apparently be in the 1800s and put <laughs> right. coals around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dig no, that dig one, a hole in your yeah. backyard, mm-hmm. yeah, get, yeah. Some, get some coals no, hot. That one goes in an actual in. oven or on a, on a stove yeah. top. The others, yes, you just plug in and they won't, you know, raise the temperature in your house by 15 yeah. degrees. And there's something about like the the pressure cooker one, whichever the one, whichever is the one that you can like turn into a pressure cooker Instant like pot. that. Yeah, that's the only time I've had like chicken breast that was like tender. Yeah, I feel like chicken chicken breast usually if you cook it like it has there's like a one second window of cooking it where it becomes like too oh, overcooked. But if don't you turn just the heat up it, too high. Yeah, if you leave the chicken breast in there, let it rock for like three hours, it's yeah. it's nice and tender. Those, Pretty impossible to overcook great. in that thing. Yeah. 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 And then you can you can rip that chicken breast up with a fork. Yeah. A little shredded. And then put some ingredients in there to make a nice buffalo chicken dip. Mm. Come on. Mm. Come on wow. now, y'all. Give it what to me. What are you me, dipping Jack? in the buffalo chicken dip? Chips. Chips? 
Yeah. Chips in the dip. Okay. Chips in a dip. You're, te- you're telling me chips in a dip? Come on, man. What are you dipping in a buffalo chicken dip? I actually don't ever make buffalo chicken. Crustini dip. is good in, in something like that, too. Mm. Yeah. But if you, you gotta you gotta have to have the good uh thick chips yeah. that, that really hold together. You dipping your hand in there, Jody? That's what you Yeah. Just straight up. Straight just up. Get your big paw in there. there yeah. Go. That's uh especially timely right now. Mm-hmm. People people are good with just sticking your fingers in yeah. dips at this holiday more than ever. Now more than ever. <laughs> I know that's what I'm doing dipping. today at all the holiday parties <laughs> I'm going to. No, seal's, you. seal's broken for you. Why not? You know? <laughs> shit, I was already out. What here. am I gonna do? Get COVID? <laughs> Can't catch it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can shit. Did that like fuck up your holidays? I should ask. No, no, no. Here's why it, I don't think it's fucked up my holidays. Number one, we got a whole week. I have a whole week. First of all, today is literally like the eighth day from since I felt symptoms. I guess, right. if you will. Right. And my symptoms only lasted like three days last week. So even though the test was very, I, I mean, I was testing all week. I was I was yeah. doing my due diligence. Yeah, I'm not out here just take one weak ass rapid and then g- getting on the streets. I was yeah. I was doing my due diligence. I did my part. I just got mm. got in the end. You know, I played mm-hmm. myself. But mm. uh, I I'm, at, I'm I'm already on like day eight of the f- since the first sign of symptoms, yeah. and I have no symptoms right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I have no I have no symptoms right now. I've already like gone through like the sickness that I did have last week. So yeah. I'll be good by Saturday. I'm sure I'll test negative. So yeah. All right. Well. Speaking of Omicron, let's let's just talk real quick. There does seem to be a shift in how the Biden administration is sort of communicating around this wave. And it, it seems like there's a hint of frustration and just not fucking aroundedness has entered uh, the tone. So on December 17th, there was a White House press briefing from the medical team that's supposed to be leading the executive response to the pandemic. That was pretty like strongly and plainly worded to the point that like (laughs) Snopes had to like verify that it was real. Like in their uh, post on this, they had a Twitter post that said, still struggling to believe this is real, but it is White House Gov. We're intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm, which is, you know, it just feels like a very kind of us first them. Type. Yeah. Like, hey, motherfuckers. Yeah. Anger. I'm all, I mean, I'm all for, uh, I am team vaccination. Yeah. And team get your booster. and But I, I think that's crazy to say that. Yeah. First off, Jack, can I just say that every day when I go on Twitter, especially in the evenings, there's always one tweet that makes me like literally log out of Twitter, not just close my computer, but like log (laughs) out of Twitter until the next day when I manually log back in. And this for me was the tweet two days ago and just the discourse around this tweet that made me. So thank you for dragging me back into this headspace because (laughs) it was just such an unproductive both screenshot and conversation that broke out around it. Right. You know, I have some thoughts about the tough the tough language here. I think it is worth pointing out that like this was in a briefing. This was spoken on like a call and it was immediately followed. You know, this language of for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families and the hospitals that you may soon overwhelm, which I think is basically a factual statement. But it is immediately followed by in this briefing by saying our message to every American is clear. There is action that you can take. You can wear a mask. You can get vaccinated. You can get your kids vaccinated. You can get a booster shot. We are prepared to confront this. We have plenty of vaccinations, booster shots, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, I mean, at some level, this is like classic Twitter, like literally take a screenshot out of context, post it online. And funnily enough, I think was like picked up by both left and right to get upset with this, this, this sort of language. I mean, I saw it in like lefty circles as people being like, the Biden administration has given up on trying to take it, you know, do lockdowns or sort of take measures that we know can work. And then on the right, it's like Biden people are telling, you know, red state unvaccinated folks that they right. should, should die, which I think is just a, a really bad faith way of interpreting this language. I mean, it is not saying we want you to die. It is saying yeah. your actions, your individual actions have ripple effects and you have an out and you have a choice here, which I think is true. It is still striking yeah. language. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, it's notable for like the change of 
sort of tone. Yeah. There's a guy on CNN yesterday, like one of the hosts that I criticized for, you know, he had a medical expert on who was like talking about the dangers and like, you know, passing it to the unvaccinated. And he was like, well, the unvaccinated, that's their fault. Like, what? Well, let's move on to the vaccinated. And I feel like, you know, I think this is a probably a smart way for the people who are in charge of policy to be communicating, like you said, at like in in the context of so go out and get the vaccine like we have the vaccine. That's the difference between this and when the outbreak was happening to spring or last spring. But I I do. Yeah. I, I get where. So some people are coming from the the lockdown thing is nonsense because that's just that ship has sailed. We're never going to get people to buy into a lockdown like a lockdown is something that has to be everybody has to buy into. You know, yeah. it's not like people are going to voluntarily just not go to work or go to the grocery store. No, that was starting awful. now. Yeah. yeah. People are just done with that shit. So, Carl, I'm curious or both of you, I'm curious, you know, what you think about. To some extent, in, in reading this language, I mean, there's clearly exasperation, I think, on the part of the Biden White House and just in general, uh, sort of, yes, I think there's an attempt to have tough love here. You know, to mm -hmm. me, part of it is just trying to get at what I think is a persistent gap in a real understanding of what's at stake here. And I think, like, even for a lot of America still, there is not a real deep understanding of, like, what the severity of COVID is. You know, we don't see really like the inside of hospitals. We don't really have a yeah. sense. I mean, I feel like I live in New York. I feel like so much of my experience of COVID and so much of why New York has such high vaccination rates is because we saw the freezer trucks outside of outside of yeah. fucking funeral homes. Like I, yeah. I heard sirens nonstop for three weeks because I live near a hospital. And yeah. I do think like for a lot of America, they just don't feel it. That's not an excuse for not getting vaccinated because you should be yeah. able to think outside yourself. And so this this language starts to make me feel, make me sense a little bit. It's like, trying to grab people by the collar and be like, this is real. Like, like, like you know, close that gap, like understand what's at stake here. And I'm just curious if you think that's effective or if there's other ways to get people to really just see see this for what it is. I personally think it's ineffective. And here's how I, I'll tell you why, because I have some close family members that I've talked to in the past who aren't vaccinated yeah. and refuse to be And And I asked why. And a lot of the reasoning was because I don't like being told what to do and told that I'm stupid and told that I'm killing people and told, and it's when it's not true. I haven't gotten, and it, and their, their arguments were, you know, individualistic. They weren't like thinking about the group. They were right. thinking about, well, Hey, I don't know nobody that got it. Or I, the person that got it in my family was old and they, I didn't give it to them. I did my due diligence. I, I stayed safe and I wear my mask and I, I just don't want to get that, you know? And so I think with the world that we live in now where, where, you know, especially like a place like Twitter is so like, Everything gets attacked. You can say anything on Twitter and it gets attacked, you know, and so everybody is on the defense nowadays. So I think language like this, when you when somebody's being told something like this, especially if they're already on the fence, like people are growing highly frustrated with the Biden yeah. administration. So they don't want to hear him talking about and go get vaccinated. Go put this thing in your body that honestly, people I think a lot of people don't even have the capacity really to go and research heavily enough to right. know if it's safe or not. And so they're just leaning to I don't know what that shit is. And why do they yeah, keep telling yeah. me to do it? There's this doctor who like did this long like Twitter thread of like 22 tweets where he was just like, this is how I approach it with people who are anti-vax. And there's just and again, this is like I understand where they're coming from, especially because these are like medical experts who have seen the inside of hospitals, yeah. you know, the seen doctors killing themselves because of, like how awful this shit has gotten. You know, it's it's bad for doctors, it's bad in hospitals, it's mm -hmm. bad at the peak of these things. The doctor who I'm talking about has this like very patient, like he treats people's doubts like they're valid, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And that's and is just like very patiently like your questions aren't dumb, like your questions are understandable. Yeah. Let let me answer them one by one. And I don't know, like it does it does feel like there's. Yeah, it, it's not a productive kind of approach if you take into account like where we're at. Granted, I understand the frustration like that. I'm finding myself more and more just being like, <laughs> like, I totally see where everyone's coming from. It's it's fucking awful. Like we're we're in a really bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, position. the whole, you know, the horse is out of the barn. I mean, it's not like the problems to this were seeded way back when Donald Trump was president and mm, was you know right, man, right. mismanaged this and sort of put 
an air of disinformation out there. And so just there was there's just no base level of trust. I mean, you know, my, my wife teaches in, in a public school in New York and a number of her students are unvaccinated and have a lot of the same sort of um, doubts and misinformation and disinformation and all these things. And, you know, A, I think she's absolutely borne out that you just have to meet someone where they are and talk to them. That's really hard to do when you're talking about hundreds of millions of people, you know, sure. but also, I think at the end of the day, for a lot of people, it does come down to some of these, you know, trade-offs between just can I live my life in a quote-unquote more normal way or do I have to get a vaccine? And, you know, a lot of people I know who ha were hesitant when it then says, okay, well, you know what? Like, if you're unvaccinated, you don't get to do these things. Or if you're unvaccinated, you have to quarantine when you hung out with someone who was vaccinated versus if you were vaccinated or who, who, who had COVID, whereas if you were vaccinated, you get to go on and live your life. Then all of a sudden people are like, oh, can I go get the vaccine now? It's like, well, it's a little late, but sure. And you see just sort of that that raw calculus yeah. get, get made. But of course, once you start to do that, you dip into this whole other tricky territory of mandates and, you know, lockdowns and impositions, which has gotten politicized as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of stupid, but I... Like what one of the very first things that you read when the pandemic was happening was that the president is generally supposed to step back, let a like leader or like some like doctor or health expert kind of become the face of the thing and just kind of keep hitting the same simple communications. And like I was hoping that the Biden administration would like kind of create a new Fauci or someone that like people that would that would be the person to like answer those questions, like have a fucking dialogue with an anti-vaxxer mm -hmm. instead of like this statement, like have a dialogue in front of like, you know, the press corps where it's like a very understanding patient doctor who can become the face of like the messaging around this uh, or Olivia Rodrigo, you know, mm -hmm. that they, they tried it with her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like it. Find somebody who appeals to both sides and have them just hit the same message over and over again, but hopefully not in a way that like is kind of accusatory or kind of alienating to one, one half of the population. That's my pitch. Al Michaels? I don't know. Yeah, is who there is that person? Who I mean, and, and also, Al Michaels yeah. could do it. Yeah. Maybe Al Michaels. But also, as soon as that person... Is it like one of these things where as soon as that person steps into this, then they will become politicized? I mean, that's the sort of sto story yeah. of, of our era right now is that you can take anything and it can turn sure. into a political wedge. Yeah. Issue. I mean, look, y'all yeah. saw the video last night of Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump, Trump saying they were yeah, both booted. Just say. And they got booed from yeah. like Donald Trump people who get Trump tattooed on them were mad at him because he got a booster shot. Right. Yeah. And Trump was actually making, I think, if he had made this argument and then shut up, you know, 12 months ago, 15 months ago, uh, maybe it would have made a difference. But, you know, he was basically saying, like, this was a win for me. We should own this. Don't seed this ground. It's like it's not just, hey, let's get over our culture war or our politics war. It's actually, hey, this is something we could have used to win our culture war and politics war is that this vaccine was developed under under my watch. And I do think he's just I just don't think he's smart enough or disciplined enough to have actually take a take a W when he has it. Um, mm -hmm. But he could have said, called it the Trump vaccine and just written that. Yeah. And and I think it would have made a difference. And I think it would have really. And then we wouldn't have gotten helped it. him. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, there's, <laughs> right. that's yeah. the whole other thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. any version of that would have come down to him naming it after him and like turning himself into like God Emperor and like the messaging around it. Like that yeah. he's just incapable of anything that <laughs> consistently goes off the message of him being like somehow the the center of the universe. If you want to get the Moderna, it's the, the Moderna is the Trump vaccine. If you want to get the, <laughs> Pfizer is, is Obama vaccine Ooh. and nobody's going to like it and nobody wants it and nobody wants it around. This is and, such a this is such a good idea, Carl. It's like when um yeah. when coffee shops put out two tip jars and yes. you vote. Right. Yeah. And it's like yeah. all of a sudden it turns it into a game. It's like, but you're actually just yeah. still tipping us for either way. If right. they had turned one, one, one of these vaccines is for blue. One of these vaccines is yeah. for red. Yeah. Everyone gets vaccinated. <laughs> I'm getting that yeah. motherfucking Obama vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really. Uh, smart people are like, I want to know what's in the Trump vaccine. What they getting? <laughs> I don't like him, but I'm getting that one. Right. Yeah. Or like, if they started charging money for it, if they were like, all right, we have a new vaccine that costs three hundred dollars. Like, mm -hmm. would people? I feel like that people would trust that more than. Like, you know, one well, where I mean, you go yeah. to a parking lot and the government gives it away to you for free. <laughs> 
I mean, but yeah. Jesus, that that line of thinking. Oh, it was done too fast and effectively, and it's free, so I don't trust it. Like, come yeah. on, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about uh, Jake Paul. And we're back. And all right. So ESPN had a big article that declared 2021 Jake Paul's year. Whether you like it or not, 2021 was Jake Paul's year and he earned it or some shit like that. I don't know. I We've... hate that ESPN <laughs> is turning into into clickbait bullshit. Yeah. Just like take machines where they, I don't know. Like it's, it, yeah. it sucks so much. Like I, I love sports and, and, Sports media back in the day with the Stuart Scotts and and people like what was the lady with the glasses, the blonde lady, uh, um, not Doris Burke, but like the lady who worked Linda on Linda, Linda, yeah, Linda, Cole. yeah. Like back in those days, like man, it it was like it's just like how regular media is now. Like it's so leaning in certain ways, and it's hot take culture. And like if you follow Sports Center on on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever, like it's always some like everything that happened in twenty twenty one sports wise. And you're going to give it to Jake Paul, who rigged right. a bunch of fights? Right. <laughs> Are you kidding? But that's because, I mean, look, I'm as a former ESPN employee here, I'm not going to I'm not going to cape for ESPN. But it's the case that, you know, the, the, the ESPN that you're talking about here is one in which they could fill a one hour show with 80 percent of it could just be playing highlights that no one had seen before. And now everyone has seen every highlight already. So you got to find something else to talk about. I mean, that's the, the basic change and so they're scrambling to create storylines and find other things other takes and so you end up yeah you end up with the jake paul stuff Giannis brought a championship to milwaukee yeah in the hey, super... i don't give a shit about that right. Carl. Well, whether the... you like it or not this was jake paul's year okay oh so what's the rationale for 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 making a jake paul's year that he dedicated himself to boxing he became a legit boxer and i mean that's yeah i don't see yeah it. I don't see it's how that like rates. I mean, maybe it's an interesting with the story. Same but. aspect of like how you know media covers pop culture, where it's like, well, if people are paying attention to this, it must mm -hmm. be valid. Like he hacked that assumption and is just like rising and rising. But like the the thing he's doing in boxing, he's fighting smaller people. Like there's a reason that there's weight classes in in boxing, and there's also, you know, I think there's a obvious racial undertone that ESPN doesn't like mention in this yeah. like where he's fighting you know black men and you know the like doesn't mention it but does mention it kind of and then they like throw in the detail that he's not fighting boxers like it makes what he's doing more exciting instead of like <laughs> a fucking road show they're like uh all right let me just read from the article this has been a year of silencing naysayers for Paul who is still only 24 <laughs> years old Many still exist, and Paul has still yet to fight anyone with real pro boxing experience. But Paul's massive right hand with an exclamation point on a remarkable, or put an exclamation point on a remarkable stretch. Over the past 12 months, he's won three times with two knockouts, and perhaps most importantly, emerged as one of the most bankable pay-per-view stars in combat sports. Uh, yeah. It's like is yeah. there is there any evidence that this is actually increasing interest in boxing? Because I feel like I don't haven't followed boxing throughout my my life very much, but I feel like the story of boxing in since the seventies or eighties has been basically since Mike Tyson has been this notion of oh so and so is going to bring boxing back and the interest mm -hmm. is going to grow and it just never happens. It's just, it seems to be fleeting interest in one particular person because they're you know they have an interesting storyline and then it, it it doesn't ripple out from there. Is Jake Bach, is is Jake Paul leading to a resurgence in interest in boxing? Not for me. I'm not right. gonna pay no damn sixty dollars to watch that because I knew what was gonna happen. I knew exactly right. what was gonna happen, and I'm tired of watching him not fight people who are actually fighters. Like, right. I I'd love for Deontay Wilder to get his to get his get back with Jake Paul, like because yeah. he's been you know he's been getting beat by Tyson Fury. I will say this has been the year of uh, white men beating black dudes in fights. <laughs> Mm -hmm. right. And we taking L's this year between yeah. Markeith Morris and Jokic. Uh, <laughs> Jake I mean, Paul winning, Tyson Fury be beating up on Deontay Wilder. I think we need. Did Jokic win that fight or was that just like. Yeah. I think he won it in the, in the court of public opinion. In the narrative. Absolutely. In the narrative he won it because people wanted him to. Right. Because, and you know, I and, and, and Jody, you might, 
I don't know how you feel about this. I don't. How do you feel about Pat Beverly, Jody? I I think I like him. I re, you know. No, nah, you listen to him. my podcast. No, oh, you are you are you a Beverly fan? <laughs> you, I'm a huge don't? Beverly fan. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. but I also cape for feisty. players like Beverly, where I'm like, when Beverly pushed Chris Paul in the back, ugly, well, that ugly was, move, that one was, yeah. ugly move. Yeah. But he just pushed him with two of his hands. Yeah. Right. What Jokic did to a much smaller human being was egregious. And it oh, and it's overstepped, but everybody praised him like he had just taken down some like it was like it, it reminded me of the OJ verdict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think that you're the only person to draw this connection ever? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Jokic reminds me I draw a lot the, of OJ. Uh, I draw the OJ verdict connects to everything. <laughs> That's, true. That's Peace, true. People don't want to get this vaccine. This reminds me of the OJ verdict. <laughs> <laughs> the the Jokic thing was so interesting because it was like so violent on his part, and then yeah, again, again, it's underestimating the importance of a size difference in when it comes yeah. to like a, an act of violence. They People, were calling for Pat Beverly's head when right, right. six foot one Pat Beverly pushed six feet tall Chris Paul <laughs> like in the back. They were saying he could have broke his neck. He could have killed him. Pat mm. Beverly needs to be kicked out of the league. This is disgusting. It's rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, calm down. And well, then yeah. when Jokic did that, which is like, he tackled, like, he blindside tackled him. Like, but, but people understood it in the context for what it was. They know that Morris has been kind of a- asking for this for a long time, so to speak. And I don't agree I, with that. You don't I, agree I don't, with that? But I, I'm just saying in terms of how the narrative plays. I mean, I just think yeah. the NBA is small enough. And everyone knows sort of the narratives and the personalities and the beefs and how they've built up over the years that people tend to, like, take that into account when there's incidents like this. I mean, that's, you know, that's the sort of story also of the modern what they NBA. It's, it's this sort of soap opera that everyone kind of understands all the little things that go yeah. into a particular moment. I also think that player. I think it's a likability thing, too. I yeah, think right. players that people like are going to get get off scot-free when they do asshole shit. And players, nobody likes Pat Beverly. I'm the only yeah. Pat Beverly fan. Me and his family. And, uh, and and the fact that the Jokic brothers had their little moment in the sun was the best part. Really, of it. That, hate that they should be the <laughs> honestly they should be the the athletes of the year. Twenty, you want to talk? And, and, and you, I see, and that's why Jake Paul won it because yeah. it takes like that. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I mean, this is he started as a sort of YouTube sideshow. Got people's attention, and then because he got so much attention, now ESPN feels like they have to take him seriously, and they're doing it in a way that like is kind of approving, which I think is just generally, I don't know, like it. Yes, he seems to see the matrix in terms of like what works to build fame and success in America. So did Donald Trump. We don't have to act like that's like a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I find it very frustrating. But, but is there but isn't is part of the storyline also that he does seem to have put in some real work and does seem to have some capacity for boxing right i mean maybe he hasn't proven it against real boxers but i think he maybe set the bar set expectations so low in terms of is this a serious person who can dedicate himself to something real right that he he seems to have cleared it just by right becoming a cleared a very boxer. low bar yeah and Clearing a very low bar got him it's the American way named the, the person it of the year of the by OG ESPN effort. instead of uh, Giannis, who went from selling socks on a boardwalk to, uh, you know, being the NBA champion. Giannis ain't never dipped Oreos in milk. Come on, Incredible. man. Incredible that story. Was so line. amazing. Incredible story. On <laughs> flagrant ones, they were talking about how he, like, wasn't it a young kid? Yes. Who was, like, teaching some, him some kid about told him about it. Uh, and, like, and oh my really? god, huh. this, this is fucking. And then, he, and then, and then, the best part of his quote was, he's like walking around to people, being like, "Why did no one tell me about this before? What's yeah. up? Like, what the hell? I've been eating yeah. Oreos dry the whole life. You. No one ever told me." Yeah, yeah. Giannis, like, we need to hold tight to the things we can feel genuinely good about in 2021. And I feel like Giannis is and 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 that Bucks win. I mean, I don't know. Don't yeah. spoil it for me. But I felt I just felt unabashedly good about all that, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a Bucks. Now let fan, me tell you great. something. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I really, I really felt great about it too for a couple reasons. One, the the Suns and their fans turned extremely villainous mm. over that <laughs> over the course of the playoffs from their from their stupid ass fight in Denver. The Suns and four guy. I, did, I never liked him. Never liked the praise that he got. 
think it's just like how the Jokic brother gets praised. For some reason on the internet, people on the internet people love to call out assholes, but also praise assholes. I don't right. get it. I don't get right. it. Man, these assholes are our, are our heroes. But then let another person be an asshole, and they're like, "Nah, you gotta go." Like, right. well, wait a second. Like, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but I, I really wanted that that Bucks team. Everybody on that team, it felt like it was such a second chance team. Like Bobby mm. Porter showing out the way he did. Like yeah. it was, it was so feel good and fun. And everybody on the team is cool. You love PJ Tucker. He's a second chance guy. He's got great shoe collection and just overall cool dude. Like. It was it was that was such a fun win and it was dope to see like Chris Paul not get a ring and <laughs> uh and I love Chris Paul. Yeah. I, I did love him. That's a scorned yeah. that I'm a scorned lover of Chris Paul. Yeah. But then That's once true. he flopped when Pat Beverly pushed him like that, you were oh, like, I was Fuck done. This. I was done. Yeah. I was like, You're about to ruin nice Pat try, Beverly's asshole. career. <laughs> You're about to ruin Pat Beverly's career for this. Yeah. Nah, but I was I was very happy for that Bucks win. So you can revel in that. Yeah. We can all revel in the Bucks win. That should have been the sports moment of the year. And fucking yeah. Jake Paul. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to talk about Masterclass? You... I do. Okay. I know we spent a lot of time on sports and basketball, but <laughs> so two point five, two point seven five billion dollars is the is the valuation of this product. That is, it's like presents itself as an online learning platform in which you pay a subscription fee in order to access tutorials from Martin Scorsese, Gordon Ramsay. So you got Martin Scorsese teaches filmmaking, Gordon Ramsay teaches cooking, or Bill Nye teaches science. <laughs> Which, Bill Nye teaches science. science. Bill, 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 Bill. That's a, he has a TV show that does that, right? Yeah. That uh, doesn't cost you $180 a year to but watch. But it's just uh, name, teaches, and then whatever the simplest yeah. noun that right. describes their profession is. And Carl Bill Tart Nye teaches, is the science guy, so it's just going to be teaches science. Carl Tart teaches how to do a daily podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. With no there you on, go. On, on one minute notice. How to yeah. replace the long running host of a beloved daily podcast. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> take him down. It's funny though, because like some of the stuff is who was it? It's like a successful author who was mm-hmm. teaching like how to how to write and like be a successful author. But it was it was David Sedaris. But like so the stuff was about like how to deal with a publisher and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, well, that's that's kind of jumping five steps uh, yeah, yeah. forward. Well, how to negotiate with your publisher. Yeah. Can I just say one thing to sort of take half a step back here, which is I have a I have a text message thread with my friend Ian in which we basically write all of the things that we're unwilling to put on Twitter or say out loud in company mm. and just sort of like, it's our safe space to like test out takes and, and so mm-hmm. forth. And I, I swear to God, a week ago, I wrote him a note saying, I don't know why, but Masterclass seems like really scammy to me. And I want there to be just a big takedown of it. For yeah. some reason, it just gives me those deep, deep <laughs> Theranos vibes. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and uh, you know, and to be fair, like we'll, we'll we'll work through we'll work through this conversation. A lot of the research you've done maybe has has changed my thinking a little bit. But you know, I've I feel like a big part of my last, especially five years or so, has been like, if you smell a scam, it's probably a scam, and like the people who seem dicey to you are probably sketchy. Uh, and trust that, and and masterclass just gives me all of those vibes. Uh, so that's my starting point for this for this conversation. Yeah. No, I I think that's uh, my starting point and ending point. It's just it's the business model is pretty clear. They dominate YouTube pre-roll advertising, like basically on any video where you're trying to learn how to do something for free. And, you know, they use the celebrity name to kind of draw you in. But, you know, it doesn't seem like the celebrity teachers actually teach you as much as they like talk about themselves on camera while seated in a comfortable room for a few hours. It's like that uh, $500,000 or dinner with Jay-Z conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can right. buy a lot of Jay-Z albums. The same thing he's going to tell you. You go, right. like, I'd take the 500000 Right. Yeah. Buy, buy Decoded, buy a couple of his albums, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, you're good. Yeah. yeah. I do wonder if people who take a master class really feel like they're try- they want to learn, or if it's really like, this is a TED talk with a slightly different angle to it, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just spending some time with an interesting person and hearing someone who you who like who you like talk for a while. I'd be curious yeah. to see what the exit surveys are like. But yes, I mean, to be clear, like to your point, like they do all seem to contain mostly just someone talking through their biography and telling compelling stories. And it's, you know, the high production value. 
but it's got this it's got this good hook, you know. Yeah, it seems like that's it. A, a hook that doesn't really have a ton to do with what the the product actually does, which I, I think is usually a sign that like something might be off. Yeah. Like they have Chris Hadfield, who's an astronaut, <laughs> uh, and he's gonna like teach you how to be an astronaut. I guess. <laughs> Come on, right. man. That's yeah. That's that's definitely scammy. Yes, right. your master class reminds me of the OJ trial. Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank no, you. Playing. I'm kidding. So it's one hundred eighty dollars for an annual subscription fee. You yeah. get access to the library of content. If it had basically, if master class was basically saying to you, you get to watch interesting talks by some of the most interesting people in the world for one hundred eighty dollars a year. Right. I don't. That doesn't give off full scam vibes to me. But something about the like class thing, the teaching you thing, the like you know, um, prosperity gospel thing that's yes. sort of wrapped around all of this is, is where it, it starts it. to. But yeah. they also seem to have a lot of subscribers. They are, as you said, valued at a ridiculous number. Um, so who am, I, who am I to criticize? Yeah. Listen here, fellas. If, and I'm saying this to everybody who's listening and to y'all, you want some prosperity teaching? Mm-hmm. You want some uplifting? You want some healing? Mm-hmm. Go watch T.D. Jake's videos on YouTube. For free. <laughs> yep. <laughs> TDJ yeah. said, hey, I'm not, I'm 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 only kinda joking. I think uh, if you ever feeling down, everybody everybody feels down sometimes. You ever feeling down? Go check out TD Jakes. Do it. Yeah, I mean there's more but much better shit available. Just like find somebody who's good at curating YouTube videos like Carl Tart. Oh man, I'm a YouTube king. People are also pointing out that Masterclass has a diversity problem. Three quarters of the instructors are men. 80% are white. So it's like a very specific point of view. And then, you know, they had to pull Kevin Spacey's class was like one of the most popular for for a while. They had to pull that. Uh, (laughs) And in 2022, they'll be adding new instructors like Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Mm. So not problematic at all. I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait to see what those two got to say. I hope they do it together. (laughs) (laughs) all right well guys thank you so much uh for both joining on this last full episode of 2021 jody where can people uh find you and follow you people can listen to the main thing i do is this radiotopia show it's called this day in esoteric political history um we a couple times a week a few times a week talk about an interesting moment from uh that day in political history and try and put it in context and learn some lessons for uh, for now so people can find that wherever. And then um, I'm on Twitter. Even though I log out every single day, I do tend to log back in at Jody Avergan and uh, people can find my work there. You ever delete the app? Like just press. Oh, I've deleted now. the app. I'm just logging in on the browser now. Got it. Yeah. 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 I've, I, 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 it's, yeah. It's a whole thing. I do that with fantasy quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like when things aren't going well, just yeah. delete. <laughs> delete the entire app and then add it back like 15 minutes later when I want to catch catch the score. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? You know, <laughs> I will say as serious as I'm taking COVID and as these jokes, there was a round of jokes when it first came. And I, still go, I still get a kick out of every Omarion joke that that gets posted on Twitter. And there was a video from one of his from one of his a music videos that shows him like dancing and then passing the dance along to the other dancers. And it was like, this is how, this is how the Omicron is spreading, how the Omicron <laughs> virus is spreading. And I, I do continue to get a kick out of all those jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Tart, thank you for joining as well. Thank you for having me. Where, where can people find you, follow you, uh, watch you on national television? You can mm-hmm. watch me on, on uh Tuesday nights at 8 PM on NBC. The show is called grand crew. It's also on Hulu and Peacock. If you want to watch it there. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, if you don't, if you aren't sitting at home on Tuesday nights at eight o'clock, you can watch it there. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Damn It Carl. I deleted my Twitter uh, okay. early, early in the Good pandemic. Yeah, man, I had to get rid of it before it was cool. Yeah, it was just, it was just doing, it was doing too much on there. Like I think, mm. I think that that app is a breeding ground of nonsense. Uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's one that says. Uh, I saw this one. If Jake Paul says nigga, who going to stop him? <laughs> there you go. I mean, <laughs> it would probably be good for his career. That was a tweet that I saw. Yeah. Oh, so you still see tweets. <laughs> also, here's another tweet for you, in case you yeah. want to cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> My classmate was damn near in tears ranting about how much Kirko bangs. 
meant to him and how he wanted to include that in his documentary. And I was like, damn, drinking my cup really changing lives out here. <laughs> but he was talking about Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Uh, tweet I've been enjoying. Trash Jones tweeted, well, 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 if it isn't my absolute breaking point. And I thought that was a good summary of how people are feeling. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, Today, I am going to link you to Vashton Bunyan's Train Song, Mm. which is just this like haunting single from 1966. She was like Columbia's next big like folk singer artist, dropped her debut album and it sold so few records that she immediately quit music. And then like it got a cult following. She made like a little mini Sugar Man like resurgence in 2000, released some new songs and albums. Uh, but it's the theme. I only know it because it's the theme to season one of that uh, Amazon Prime show Patriot, which you know, just in general, we talk in our year-end episodes about just all the weird-ass ways we discover music now. You know, For the Night was one of my favorite songs this year. I first heard it when Giannis was singing it during the uh, championship celebration to his brother. Anyways, that's a good song, though. It's a, it's a, it's a classic. Everything so you need to know that. about how Jack is ending the year is that he's recommending Trade Song as the last thing going into <laughs> a new year. Exactly. They're just... Anytime you want to picture me, just play that song. <laughs> picture me staring, staring off into the middle distance. All right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us on this Wednesday morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And then we will be gone for a little while, but we got a bunch of year-end episodes. We'll t- tell you more about those later this afternoon. All right. Uh, That's going to do it. Bye.